Welcome in to the Impact Is Zone, everybody's favorite Michigan State men's hoops podcast. I am Trent Bally, joined with Luke Sloan, Brendan Shabath, your guys on the Impact Sports men's basketball beat this season. We're in full swing, and guys, welcome to March. Yeah, How are we feeling? We've officially crossed the March timeline. Uh, we are into the days of March now, no longer February. Uh, it's the time of the year for Izzo. It's my favorite time of the year, the best month of the 12 months. The weather's warming up. Oh my yes. God, it's so nice. Yes. It's I just, just the I'm in a t-shirt today. So many things. And I just, I'm, I'm in shorts. And soon enough, 15 days, we will have the first game tipped off of the NCAA tournament, a tournament we missed out on last year that was sure to be a good one, especially for Michigan State fans. So I'm pumped, guys. I'm so happy. The vibes are just really good. I yes. mean, I burst into the studio today and I said, Late. What? But, a, yeah. Late. <laughs> not that late. Just no, about that late. just <laughs> throw, five five to seven minutes throw late. Throwing oh, Sloan under the you bus. Know, flag man. flag on the flag on the play for throwing <laughs> me under the bus. Yeah. Live on the podcast. But the vibes other than that are fantastic. Oh, they are. They are. It's sunny, man. it's warm. March Madness is coming up. You know, we're looking at this regular season schedule and we're saying, wow, this is it right here. Yeah. Every night is a night you gotta be dialed in and you know, as broadcasters and reporters were dialed in. The heat is just turned up. You got to love it. Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, Sloan and I in the studio right now are both wearing throwback Detroit Lions t-shirts, the, the old logo with the black outline, if yeah. you're a Lions nerd. Barely you know a talking throwback. About. Barely a throwback. Like 2015. But it's reminiscent of Matthew Stafford, and look, here's the deal. We we are on a time crunch today, so I'm, I'm, I'm clocking it. We're going to be Matt Stafford today, all three of us. Let's We're going to channel the inner Matt Stafford. When, when you want Let's us to it. like switch segments, just say just just like spike the ball with your hand, oh, no, like do a quick yeah. motion, and we'll know what that means. I think your guys' game awareness is high enough where I don't yeah, really have Kenny, to do that. We're but, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Oh well, yeah, but if which, you pull, if, who? if you pull, well, you're, you're definitely Kenny, and you are de- yeah, Perfect. Bren, Brennan's Kenny. This is not just as long as I'm not Amendola. Or Eric Ebron. If you're Eric Ebron and you don't get out of bounds when I tell you to, we're going to have a little bit of an issue. But that's Uh, honestly, that's all right, though. That's all right. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Michigan State, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. The Spartans did lose to the Maryland Terrapins last Sunday. I know no one wants to talk about it, but we got to cover it. Uh, Terrapins win 73 to 55. Joshua Langford leads the Michigan State Spartans with a dozen points. Aaron Henry held to just 11, which was really his worst game in a while. Uh, Joey Hauser had 11 as well. But look, the Spartans shot 33% from the floor to the Terrapins 49. The Spartans shot under 30% from three, while the Terrapins were a red-hot 50. Um, Eric Ayala led the Terrapins with 22 points. MSU won the rebounding battle. MSU uh, you know, had 13 offensive boards to Maryland's three. Only one more turnover, three more fouls. So why was it a blowout? The big story was MSU got down 11-0, dug themselves quite a big hole to start the game, and and Brendan, that was really the reason that they were never able to catch up, just firing threes all day, not able to get anything to go. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to essentially start a basketball game down by double digits already. I mean, the the, the clock shows 0-0 when the ball is tipped, but two minutes later it was 11-0 Maryland, and they were on a roll, and Izzo needed a timeout, and Michigan State was all out of sorts. And it's just really hard to play catch-up basketball for all 40 minutes. You know, a, a seven-point lead, well, in reality, is not that much for a Maryland team in the second half, but when you're Michigan State and you can't buy a bucket, it feels like a 10-point lead that Maryland has on you. And, you know, every turnover seems a little bit more costly. Every miss just means a little bit more, and hurts that percentage a little bit more. And obviously it was the 11-0 lead too, but Maryland shooting numbers just all day, 
96% from the free throw line. They got 23 points in this game at the free throw line. They shot 50% from deep. They were 10th in the Big Ten in three-point percentage before this game. 50%. They'll, I'd be surprised if they never replicate that. And then th- and 49% from the floor. That's a tremendous mark for a Maryland team. Don't get me wrong. Maryland's a good team. They're on a win streak. They're going to be a tournament team. Mark Turgeon's got them playing well. But Michigan State was a low energy and on the wrong side of a terrific Maryland shooting performance. Terrific. I mean, if I was wearing red and yellow, I could probably make shots. If yeah. I was had Maryland Terrapins over my chest, the shooting performance was just unbelievable. And really, just another kind of classic disjointed effort from Michigan State. It seems like in the games they lose this season, it's been kind of an effort where, you know, their their lack of success on one side of the floor leads to no success on the other. On defense, Maryland was making everything. They kind of let that carry over to the offensive end. They couldn't drive the basketball. They couldn't establish any kind of paint presence. They just kind of threw it around the perimeter, tossed up bad three-point shots at the at the you know the end of the shot clock, didn't run in transition, a limited amount of effort on both ends. It was just not a lot of energy from really the coaching staff or the players. It was just kind of a bizarre effort, but, you know, against a really good Maryland team, you know, Mark Turgeon, the Terrapins, you know, they're headed toward March. They're going to be a six, seven, you know, seed, you know, Mark Turgeon in his, in his 10 seasons there has been very, very good, very, very consistent. And they're a team to keep their eyes on. Plus it was on the road in college park. Yeah. And of these two games, obviously we're recording this on Wednesday after the Indiana game that Michigan state thankfully came away with a win, but Prior to the Maryland game, if you had to pick between Maryland versus Indiana, a game you'd want to lose, it's against Maryland. On the road, Maryland's a top 30 efficiency team in the country. Like I said, they're going to be in the tournament. They were off a three-game win streak. Indiana's been struggling a little bit. They, they've they lost, I think, four games in a row now, which was the Michigan State one. Um, you know, And that Indiana game was at home for the Spartans. So the Maryland loss looked bad watching the game, but on paper to the committee, I think it's going to be understood that that's not such a bad loss. Definitely yeah, true yeah, there, agree. especially when you look at Michigan coming up on the on the you know coming down the bend, whatever you want to say. They got two games home and home with Michigan, and those ones are going to be tough. Even though the Wolverines got walloped by an Iodasumu less Illinois squad, and who we'll, saw that coming? We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, nobody, no kidding. Nobody. Uh, but we'll put a bow on the Maryland one, and we'll we'll talk about that win against Indiana that Brendan alluded to. The Spartans bounced back in their fifth game in eleven days with a sixty-four to fifty-eight win versus Indiana on Tuesday. Uh, the Spartans improved to 14-0 with the win and hopped back on the tournament bubble. Aaron Henry was spectacular at 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, stuffing the stat sheet per usual. Uh, Josh Langford and Gabe Brown combined for 23 points and 14 rebounds. Trace Jackson Davis held to just 9 points for the Hoosiers after having 34 in the last meeting. Clearly Tom Izzo and the Spartans watched some film. Uh, but Aaron Henry was really the big, big, big story in this one. Played hero ball down the stretch, hit a big three, big free throws, big floaters, big defensive stops. Um, but, Brendan, what were your big takeaways in this one? Well, obviously, Aaron Henry's performance doing Aaron Henry things was really good to see. After his game against Maryland, we mentioned his 11 points. What we didn't mention was his 4 of 16 shooting from the field. Just his worst performance by far this year in a game that – you know, his team really could have used him to to right. bring some life into into that court and, and bring them back. Um, so it was good to see him come back and be his usual self that we've seen. And in a tremendous fashion in a close game like that, too, I thought Rocket Watts handled the point uh, somewhat well for Michigan State. I think he's been rather inconsistent as of late, but I thought he had a decent game. 
Gabe Brown was so much fun to watch. He played spectacular, man. Michigan State really just Luke. You said it way early in the year that Michigan State goes as Gabe Brown goes, and that's been very true lately. He had a good oddly game true. Against, yeah, it's, it's it's almost like what's the word? Exactly. Uncanny how true that I, is. I have I have powers. I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allude to anything other than that. But uh, let's no, just in all say, seriousness, when Gabe Brown plays well, his yeah. team rolls. And he's been and Tom Izzo's been leaning on him. Gabe Brown prior to. I believe that in the first Indiana game had hadn't played more than 24 minutes in a game, and I think that game was against Notre Dame all the way back in November. Since then, he's played 29 or more minutes every game, and Izzo has leaned on him, and that's really big. And the thing that stuck out to me was Izzo went back to what worked, and we didn't talk about this for the Maryland game, but it, it is contextual here. Marcus Bingham Jr. and Julius Marble combined for seven total minutes in the Maryland game. Right. Not really sure why. Neither of them saw the floor in the second half. But in this game, Julius Marble played 12 minutes. Marcus Bingham played 16. Bingham tallied in three blocks and a steal and six rebounds. He, he really, was spectacular he was on, Trace Jackson on Trace Davis. Jackson Davis. He, it was, I mean, I don't think he fouled him once. It no, was he, just really, he really shut him down very Straight well. up, make it tough on him. That, that, that is like the... Exact epitome of what you thought, what you think you're going to get from Marcus Bing when exactly. you put him out there on paper because yeah. he's six eleven and he does have a good defensive IQ. Uh-huh. So you put him out there and you expect him to play like that, and now the bar is raised. And so I don't know why him and Marble didn't get more run in the Maryland game. That you know is maybe a conversation for another time, um, or it's in the past and we can just let it go. But it was good to see Izzo go back to what worked because in the Maryland game it felt like he tried to fix something that wasn't broke. And well, and you can't you can't blame them necessarily. Being down eleven zero and all that, you know, you're just trying to yeah throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right, Brennan. I agree with you in terms of the rotation because we talk about how that big man depth can really be your best asset and your worst at the same time. And so it was it was been, nice to see those guys bounce back and play well. It's been the best asset that they've had of late for Michigan State. So I think Izzo needs to stick with it too. Yeah, well, they're, for this Indiana game, I mean, there's one kind of game in March, and that is free-flowing, up and down, lots of shots being made, Not very good coaching. And then there's this one. Yeah. Whistles, fouls, turnovers, missed shots, bad shots, no flow. Just, once once again, using the word disjointed. But Michigan State came away with a win when they needed one, so you got to give the Spartans credit for that. And a lot of players, you know, you think of Aaron Henry, you think of Joshua Langford, just gutted this one out. I mean, Josh Langford played really well. Langford, just 13 points. So you think, ah, you know, kind of a pedestrian night. But, you know, Tom Izzo almost choked up after the game saying, you know, in that huddle, Joshua Langford was giving me everything. Aaron Henry gives the Spartans everything pretty much night in and night out, 22-8-5 and five in this one. And they just gutted out a win when they needed it. You know, no Armand Franklin for Indiana was key. That you was know, big, yeah. Their best three-point shooter, their best shooter overall. And they shot terrible that Oh, night. and they shot. They, they were 10% from three yeah. on the night. But this was, it was not a pretty game. It was gritty. It was gutty. It looked like a football game at times, but the Spartans needed a win, and they went out there and got one. So, you know, for anybody out there who says, you know, oh, you know, they really didn't play well, not, you know, not too confident about this team, they're still fatigued. They're still feeling the after effects of pretty much a game every other night. But for them to just go out there and, and grind out a win, it's a, you know, a big-time accomplishment. What's most impressive to me about this, and, and Luke, you mentioned this, it's basically an NBA schedule right now. You're playing one game every two days or two games every five days. 
it is crazy. And you know what? The Spartans, a lot of that has to do with the COVID pause back in, you know, the winter. This is and a gauntlet. It Unbelievable. is. And you know what? Tom Izzo was very prideful and proud of that in his post-game presser last night saying, I wanted to get to 20 games. I wanted to play 20 games, mm-hmm. and we got to 20, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of my guys, even though they are gassed. You know, we talked about Michigan coming up, and we're going to preview that matchup in a little bit here on the podcast, but he said, ideally, you'd like to hammer your guys the day before that and practice, but he's like, realistically, I just can't do it. You yeah, he said, he, he said he wants to put them in, like, chairs and push them around just, right. to, just to get through the walkthrough, <laughs> and I'm like, man, what an effort. And I mean, you know what? You can see it, too. I mean, they're, they they... They looked a little tired. It's noticeable, yeah. Obviously in that Maryland game, but even in the Indiana game at points. Guys, the Spartans are head and shoulders, in my opinion, a better team than the Hoosiers. That yeah. Maryland game, too, that was the Terrapins' first game in a week. I mean, yeah, that's they true. They, they, were, they were the un-Spartans in their that one. Their legs had, were fresh. Yeah, their legs were fresh, and they they showed it, man. So Plus, this is the Big Ten. I mean, this is brutal, right. physical basketball. We've been so, saying that yeah, all this season. Isn't, yeah. This isn't 94-90 Big 12 you know, no. final scores in this. Right. You're getting bruised. You're getting battered. You, the you under. have effort on every play. Yeah. So take yeah. the under. Yeah. But don't, take, anywho, don't take Trent's betting advice. Sp- yeah, do, don't do that, by the way. Yeah, another or story mine, for another to be day. honest. Or any of ours. The Spartans do pick up the win against Indiana. They go one and one since our last podcast. So now we will roll into what will most likely be the big picture, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's talk the macro sense here for the Spartans. The tournament is coming up. Uh, the Big Ten tournament. We will be there one week from today on our way to Indianapolis. But um, unbelievable overall, so guys. Exciting. When we talk about the, the big dance, you know, March Madness the bracket. Everyone wants to know: Is Michigan State going to be there right now? Joe Lenardi has the Spartans in the last four in category, which means that they would be in if the if the season were to end today. Problem is, and I guess problem I'll put in quotes: is the Spartans have two games against number two Michigan coming up here. But first, let's just talk real quick: What did the Maryland loss mean for MSU's tournament hopes? I don't think it changed a whole lot. It just meant that they absolutely wholeheartedly had to beat Indiana. And right. they came out and did that. I wanted them to do it in a little bit better fashion. I think yeah. it would have been nicer for them to beat Indiana pretty convincingly by 10 or 15 points. Right. The six-point win, man, it was it was a one-point game with a minute left. So it Yeah, just... you know, and, and they had to gut it out, and they did so. And then again, you know, obviously it would have been a better look for Michigan State's resume, but I think another thing to think about that the committee hopefully looks at it is like, these March tournament games are the same way. There's close games, and you know they, that's what they want too. You want close, exciting games in March if you're the committee. And the fact that Michigan State proved they can pull it out is just a really good sign for the Spartans. And they got lucky with some other teams that lost that were ahead of them in the bubble. But hey, you know they did what they had to do. They controlled their destiny and they got the win when they needed it. The formula is not complicated at this point when it comes to the team and in playing in the big dance. I mean, there's two regular season games left. It is one of these two options. Beat Indiana, which you can check that off, and win one game in the Big Ten tournament. That's what, that would mean losing both games to Michigan. Or you beat Michigan once, and that pretty much seals your Beating fate. Michigan once, I, I don't care what happens lock, in yeah. the yep. Big Ten tournament. You that, could flame out lose by 30 in the first game. They're going to be in. Because that would be two. That'd be three top five three wins top five in five 10 wins days. In 10 days, yeah. you're exactly right, Sloan. And you could argue for days about what the quote-unquote signature win is for the Spartans. I would argue Ohio State, but who knows what would happen in that Michigan win, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. 
Yeah, the the, the it, we're getting down to it. I mean, the formula is not complicated. It's exciting, man. The, the 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 option number one is Indiana win and Big Ten tournament win. Part of that is done. Now these two Michigan games are coming up. One of those and wins. We, if, if they were to come away with one of them, that'd be talk good. Talk about alleviating ninety nine percent of the pressure. If you yeah, just beat if Michigan, you just beat Michigan, beat Michigan once. once yeah, and and we'll we'll get to that later. But Brendan, did you have something to add? Well, just the fact that beating Michigan once looks a lot more believable now than it did literally twenty four hours it does. ago. So I want to talk about that for a second here. How much better does that win over Illinois for the Spartans look after the after the Illini just absolutely walloped Michigan by twenty three points on Tuesday? Well, that's huge because Illinois also has a big game coming up. We'll get into this later against Ohio State in a couple days and. You know, obviously Michigan State beat both of those teams already, and but Illinois is the higher-ranked team. Michigan State beat Illinois in a better fashion than they beat Ohio State, more convincingly, no held the lead for a longer period of time. And so, and Illinois was full strength. I just want to if, bring that up. If Illinois goes back-to-back and beats Michigan and Ohio State without Dosumu, that makes Michigan State's win against Illinois look so much better that With they can Dosumu. beat. Yeah, exactly. You know, so in Illinois, if they do that, they're also probably a number one seed in the tournament. They'll probably take that last one seed spot, depending on what happens the rest of the year with Baylor and Michigan, you know, barring that Michigan loses two games to Michigan State, which, you know, I think is unlikely. But the fact that they lose one is a lot more believable. Now, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the Illinois game to really see and understand what went wrong for Michigan. It looked like they kind of just had a, a bad shooting performance, but... I think they were just a it's, step slower too. It's hard it's hard to imagine that they lose that bad to Illinois without their best player and one of the best players in the country in my opinion a top 6 7 player in the nation, Io Dosumu. you know, so it, the light, you know, that it, that it seems like at the end of the tunnel for getting a Michigan win is a lot brighter now than it was a couple hours ago. Yeah, I think that win for Illinois against Michigan really solidifies their spot at the moment on the one line. Yeah. Obviously, Big Ten tournaments coming up literally, you know, this time, five minutes from now, it's 6.25 p.m. Eastern time. Big Ten tournament game one tips off at 6.30, literally a week from now. So that'll have a lot to do with where Illinois is seated in the big dance, but they're on the one line right now if the season were to end right now. So that is a big factor and really enhances that win for the Spartans over Illinois last Tuesday. Yeah, so that Illinois win starting to get a little bit more luster as the season goes on. Like we said, the Spartans got their signature wins against you know Illinois and Ohio State, the, the elusive signature win. And, you know, now, guys, before we really talk about the Michigan game and get into what that's going to look like, I just want to pose the question, because I know a lot of people out there are wondering if Michigan State does make the big dance, which it's looking like, you know, fingers crossed, if you're a Michigan State fan, that it's there's a there's a, it, there's a path there. Whereas yeah. two weeks ago, oh, not all hope close. was lost. Yeah. So right now, if Michigan State is to make the tournament, Brendan, what is the ceiling? Like, what's the highest seed the Spartans can possibly get and what's the lowest? Well, I think, you know, just because the fact that the Big Ten tournament is still left to be played, Michigan State could win out, and right. then they're looking at like a 5-4 seed in the Big Dance because because you win out, you're solidifying the fact that you beat you're, Michigan twice. Exactly. You beat Michigan twice. You're definitely going to beat a Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, teams that you haven't beaten this year. You're right. going to have to face them if you were to win the Big Ten tournament. So obviously, if they did 
do something crazy and go win the Big Ten tournament, that changes the entire it narrative does. because that proves, okay, the two wins over Illinois and Ohio State and gutty wins against Indiana were not flukes and Michigan State didn't just get lucky. Right. They're literally a very different team from January and December and when stuff When you were like hit that. with COVID. And exactly. I, th- I just think the committee, not to cut you off, but I think the committee is definitely going to look at the big picture here because you're red hot going into March. You have a coach like Tom Izzo. You have beaten it'll be four wins over top five teams in, in a span of 14 days, you know, if they are to beat Michigan twice. And the mm-hmm. others, you know, in the big picture. Obviously, this is a huge hypothetical, but think, we're just bringing it to light because that's the ceiling. Yeah, and I think realistically, their 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 biggest ceiling is probably a six seed. I could see them realistically beating Michigan once and maybe finding their way to a Big Ten semifinal. I don't know if they have the horses because the Big Ten tournament is like the end of the regular season has been for Michigan State. It's quick turnarounds right. real fast, you know, five games in five days if you're a, a double-digit seed. But so – So I what think, if they're I think, to back in? Exactly. Just so, do the so bare I think, minimum. I think the fact that Michigan State has had – they'll have six games in 13 days here at the end of the year – I think the fact that that compiled with how quick the turnaround is in the Big Ten tournament, I don't see them making a run to the final. I think they're the best outcome, like I said, one win against Michigan, maybe a Big Ten semifinal. I think that gets them like a six or a seven seed. I would probably project them at like a nine seed in the NCAA tournament right now, though. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a win against Michigan and a win in the Big Ten tournament could vault this team into like a seven seed. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be awesome. Man. I think one win in the Big Ten tournament, and we're probably looking at like a ten seed for Michigan State. But like you said, Brandon, I mean, if they were to somehow win out and win the Big Ten tournament, you're looking at like a, probably a four seed, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a five seed, because that would be a gauntlet of a Big Ten tournament. Yeah. They'd be playing good teams night in and night out for four straight nights at Lucas Oil Stadium. But I think. You know, if you were to put a gun to my head right now and told me seeding, tell me now, I'd say they beat Indiana. They'll beat, you know, their first round opponent in the Big Ten tournament, which right now, if it were to start, it'd be Rutgers. And then they'd be like a 10, maybe a nine. I like a nine. I think a nine's the 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 favorite if I was betting on what seed. I'd, I'd pick a nine. They'll, well, they'll the, give them that favor just to not not have them in double digits. Yeah. That'll, that'll be the Izzo uh, favor. But here's the thing, because if you're a Michigan State fan, you'd almost rather have the 10-7. Now, obviously— Because be- if you win, you beggars, play probably a two. Beggars can't be choosy, but I just want to bring up a couple, couple examples from recent history. 2015, the team that went to the Final Four and lost to Jaleel Okafor's Duke team— um, that was a seven seed, and they beat Virginia in the second round. Georgia in the first round is a ten seed, and then Virginia in the second round is a two. So there's a prime example of you know if you're if you're red hot like the Spartans are kind of looking like they might be, you're playing with fire there, and you can actually upset somebody. If you're a nine seed or an eight seed, you know we remember the Spartans were the nine seed with Miles Bridges freshman year, mm-hmm. Cassius Winston's freshman year. You beat Miami, and then you go get you know pretty much your butt handed to you by Kansas. It was a close game until the very end, but whatever. It's so that that it is what it is, man. If you're a Michigan State fan, you'd almost rather have the seven ten. You'd almost not have that favor of you know yeah. not being a those not being seven, a double digit. Those seven ten games can go anywhere. They're they, essentially they eight, eight nine. No, they're yeah. essentially eight nines, except you have the advantage of not having to play the one seed in the second round. Yeah, assuming they win. There have yeah. been some Urgent. dangerous. There have been some dangerous ten seeds in NCAA tournaments past. I, I think mean, wasn't Syracuse when they made that run like a ten or yes, eleven? They went, like to, the, three they went to the yep. final four I that think, year. I think South Carolina was a nine or a ten. South Carolina was like a nine. They were, yep. they were a high. Frank seed. Martin and. Uh, 
Cinderius Thornwell. Yes. Hell Cinderius of a name. Thornwell. Hell the of a name, name of the year that year. St. Bonaventure. Shout yeah. out shout out Jim Laranaga. Shout out Max Carey. Was it St. Bonaventure? Am I completely botching that? Jim yeah. Laranaga's team that was like an 11 seed. George Mason? I think it was George Mason. It was George Mason. Mason. Oh. Why did hey, I know? but the Bonnies, shout out Max Carey. Yeah, shout Sports out, information the, shout out the Bonnies. Don't even know why that was in my head, but anywho. Uh, so that's that's pretty much going to do it for our big picture stuff. Now let's talk about this Mich- this Michigan matchup. Uh, the Spartans travel to Ann Arbor on Thursday to take on the current number two Wolverines in game one of this series. It is a home and home. Uh, what should the game plan be for the Spartans to take down the Wolverines? Brennan, we'll go to you first. The game plan is sit in the locker room in a circle. Everybody lock arms yes. and pray. Yes. And pray. Because this Michigan team, despite the way they lost to Illinois – Despite the fact that Isaiah Livers may or may not be a hundred percent, we don't really have we haven't really heard about that. This Michigan team is still head, shoulder, knees, and toes above, in my opinion, the Big Ten and Michigan State in particular. So I you, you think about every category, and the only bright side it really feels like for Michigan State is the fact that I think Aaron Henry is better at taking over games than anybody on Michigan's roster. But that doesn't mean Michigan doesn't have guys that can – they have multiple right. guys that can do that. Michigan State has one, and his name is Aaron Henry. That's one of the few bright sides. And then the only other one is the fact that Michigan's got two bigs that can play in Austin Davis and Hunter Dickinson. Michigan State's got four or five that they can throw out. And it's worked. They they held guards at eight points. Jackson Davis to nine. Kofi Coburn didn't play well. EJ Liddell had a bad game against Michigan State. They've proven that they can limit the better bigs in the country other than, other than Travion Williams, who's had his way this year with Michigan State. Yeah. But, you know, that's an area that Michigan State is really going to need a lot of help. But, you know, we'll see. I think the best thing they can do is say their prayers. Spartans need to make it ugly and i'm talking about ugly try to take the ball right into the teeth of the wolverines try to draw fouls get dickinson in foul trouble you gotta be tenacious on defense get dickinson in foul trouble and the focal point of the game plan for michigan state has got to be dickinson i mean the game plan for the spartans against guys like coburn trace jackson davis in bloomington has just kind of been eh let them get their twos and guard the three But Hunter Dickinson, not only can he get his twos, but he is the focal point of Michigan's offense. Him passing out of the post to open shooters is their bread and butter this season on offense. So you need to put bodies on him. And when when you double team him, when you double team Dickinson, you need to make you need to make sure to have hands in passing lanes and make sure that he can't be a threat passing the ball as well as going up and in. I mean, he's such a focal point of what they do. I think we've seen this year in games Michigan has struggled. You limit Hunter Dickinson, you limit the Wolverines. I think it starts and ends with him. I mean, I know they have a, a, a lot of dynamic players on the wing, but those players are limited if they're not getting those nice passes from Dickinson. And I want to be clear. I'm talking about the Michigan game at the Chrysler Center. I think at the Breslin Center, it might be a little bit different. Michigan point, State is, yeah. is just a different beast at Breslin, and I could see them just literally outplaying Michigan for a day. At Chrysler Center, I think it's a little different, though. I think, you know, Luke, you brought up foul trouble and stuff like that. I think Michigan State needs something fluky, something dumb to kind of roll their way. Whistles. Bad foul calls. They're going to need whistles. A couple missed shots here and there. Costly turnovers at the right time. Something something weird has to just, I think, fall in Michigan State's lap. And you hate to put it that way, but we got to be real with just the way it's been. Michigan State's playing well lately, but they still haven't shown anything that can 
give you hope that they're really going to compete with Michigan. They could have a chance. The only chance I think they have in Ann Arbor, Michigan's coming off this blowout loss to Illinois. You know, Isaiah Liver's a little bit banged up. If Michigan gets frustrated early, like maybe Dickinson gets two quick fouls and he's relegated to the bench, if there is a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of frustration early in that game where that Michigan bench is a little bit tight and Michigan State is the looser team, I think that's a chance for the Spartans. But if it's just one basketball team on another, no other factors considered, I like Michigan in this game. And and here's another thing about this game. I don't want to play Juwan Howard after a bad loss to Illinois like that. I mean, Juwan Howard's just been so different this year. He's my candidate for coach of the year this year in the NCAA. I think he's I think he's earned that the way he's brought Michigan back compared to last year. And I think he's he they're just gonna have a really sour taste in their mouth after that Illinois game, losing it the way they did. Illinois without Dosumu. They were fired up to take over Michigan's building like that. And I think in a rivalry game, Jawan Howard's played in this rivalry. He did it for three years. You know, he's watched it, and now he's coached in it a couple times. He knows what this game means for both teams, and I think he's going to have his guys fired up and ready to, to to defend their home court. And I think for Michigan State, that's the opposite of what you want. Obviously, it's good to know that Michigan is beatable and they have their weaknesses, but I don't know if I want to play him after a loss like that. You guys mentioned something very, very, very important, and I think, Brendan, that is the discrepancy in bigs from Michigan to Michigan State because you look at the way Michigan State's guys have started to turn the corner, and I'm going to name drop again Marcus Bingham Jr. If he plays the defense, he played on Trace Jackson Davis against Hunter Dickinson. I understand Hunter Dickinson's head and shoulders better than Trace Jackson Davis, but that's huge because, that, like you said, Luke, that takes away – you know, the whole focal point of their offense. If you're able to just limit Dickinson, which Illinois was able to do, hello. So He's the head it, of the snake. Yeah, he is. And, 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 you know, Michigan is a sharp shooting team. You're going to have to hang with them. They're and it, it is what it is, man. They're number two in the country for a reason. Good defensively. And, Brendan, you bring oh. up a great point. Without fans and stuff in the Chrysler Center, in the Breslin Center, Michigan State is just obviously more favored to win in the Breslin, as any team is at home. But I want to I want to say this before we get into our predictions. I will be shocked if Michigan State doesn't win one of these. I know that's me being a homer. I get it. I think they but should. But it's it, listen. It's March. Tom Izzo is coaching this team. And I, uh, Brennan, I am with you on all this stuff with Jawan Howard. I think he should win National Coach of the Year too. Either that or Baylor's coach. But Scott Drew, baby, Scott Drew. shout out. And should be the Indiana revival revivalist. I think he should take over Indiana's Archie. program. Yeah. Whoa. Get Archie out of there. Well, I think Scott I think Drew the Spartans in. ended Archie's career last night. They yeah. might have. They might have. But anyways, I just think, you know, I, I, I agree with you about Jawan Howard. But in when it gets down to it, I'm gonna take Izzo. And even with a, a squad that's a little less top heavy and a little less talented, but these guys are together and, and, and they've been through a little more adversity than Michigan has. I just I will be shocked if the Spartans don't take one of them. So with that being said. Let's get our predictions done for this particular game here at the Chrysler Center. We'll probably get a pot out in between the two games. Just to be clear, we're not doing both games. No, we're we're just talking about this game in the Chrysler Center on Thursday. So, Brendan, who wins this one and what's the score? Chrysler Center Thursday, 7 p.m. tip, I think. Correct. correct. 7 7 p.m. tip, Michigan State versus Michigan. Michigan Wolverines win by, I'm going to say 13. So... I'm going to give them 86. That gives Michigan State 73. Okay. 
All right. Sloan Dog, what do you think? You know, I agree with you, Trent, that I'd be shocked if they didn't win one of these two games. I don't think it's going to be the one in Ann Arbor, though. I think Michigan, I think it's a low-scoring game because Michigan can win a low-scoring game. They can also win a shootout. I'm going to say 68-57. Michigan State loses by 11. And, I, you know, I don't want to preview my prediction for the next game because obviously there's a lot of factors after this first Michigan game, but different team at the present center. So 11-point loss, it's not crazy bad but it's still a significant margin of victory. So you know what's kind of funny right now? Sloan, you have an 11-point loss. Brennan, you have a 13-point loss. The, the line, line is 12 minus 12. Yeah, it's 12. 12. I was just going to say, I was literally about to say the line's going to be right around that area. I didn't too. even consult the line. That'd no, be a little backdoor, no, listen, that'd be a backdoor cover for That State. line is massive, especially if Isaiah Livers is not 100% and Michigan coming off that loss. I don't really get it. But, hey, I don't, I don't live in Vegas, and maybe the Spartans will get walloped by 30 or whatever. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Spartans come out and show some grit. And like you said, Sloan, they make it ugly, and it is what it is. There's some bad blood, because there always is. It's a rivalry game. Michigan gets it done. I think Michigan wins by six. And then I think on a quick turnaround, we are going to see a classic on uh, is it Sunday, right? Yes, on, Sunday. on Sunday. 4.30 CBS. That's the Big one. Game. That is the one I will keep all my takes about Michigan and Michigan State contained for, because I do think the Michigan Wolverines get it done at home. I think they get off that that ugly loss to Illinois, and they just find a way all, to win. They find a way to win. I don't against, think it's pretty though. All I have, I no, to I say, don't either. I got a six point win for Michigan. I we all have we're three and zero with Michigan on this Thursday game. All I have to say is for the next five days, keep the record book and a garbage can handy because you never know when you just might never. need to throw it the hell out. We don't have Ask any Mel Tucker. Ask Mel Tucker We don't have any paper it. here to rip like I know. we well, did after. Uh, hey, but that looks like well, a distant say, memory. Was, they they was, were that the, was that the turning? Did somebody on Michigan State listen to this podcast and hear that and then Maybe. turn this season around? I think Gabe Brown did. Ever, ever since I started ripping Iowa, paper. Yeah, ever since yeah. I started ripping paper, they have played tremendously. They yeah. haven't. They've lost one game. No, the, the ripping Maryland paper game. was after the Purdue game. That was yeah, our, after that Purdue. That was our. And they beat Indiana, oh, Illinois, three State. and one since the ripping of the paper. That was four, our four. That, that was our moment. So that there you go. There you go, Brennan. Close us out with four point play. All right, so guys, it's March. Fifteen days away. It feels so good. A lot of stuff going on lately. I mean, there's there's so much. The middle of the pack is just absolutely beating each other up. And even the the only team that's undefeated in college basketball right now is Gonzaga. Baylor lost um, to Kansas, which we'll get into. Michigan picked up their second loss of the year. Um, but we'll start this with the Red River Showdown looking back on March 1st, just two days ago. Number 17, Oklahoma State wins a really close one over number 16, Oklahoma, 79-75. Cade Cunningham, future Pistons, speaking into existence, had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Caleb Boone, another, a nice big man for Oklahoma State, 17 points, 9 rebounds. Now, I've discussed this with you guys. I haven't had confirmation. I've been lazy and haven't looked it up. 100% Oklahoma State received a postseason ban at some point this year. I don't know if it's been lifted I think it has. I haven't heard confirmation. I think it might have been appealed and granted or something. Yeah, they're going to be dancing. But on the broadcast, Luke, I talked to you about this. It was Bob Wischusen and Fran Fraschilla. Two shout out, Bob Wischusen. Bob Wischusen is great. Fran is solid, and they were talking ah. about the the Big Twelve teams that will enter the NCAA tournament. There are ten teams in the Big Twelve. Fran sounded one hundred percent confident that seven will dance. 
And the other three that wouldn't would be Kansas State, Iowa State, and TCU, who have all been terrible this year. So I think Oklahoma State is in. They beat Oklahoma twice in three days in the Red River Showdown weekend series, I guess, if you want to call it that. And they look like a really good team. I mean, Illinois, after beating Michigan, has the most quad one wins in the country at nine. Oklahoma State is right behind them at eight. They got eight quad one wins this year. I think Oklahoma State is a really fun team to watch. They could be really exciting to see in March. Yeah, I completely agree. It said a lot about the the pokes in this game that they were able to win against their primary rival without a great game from Cade Cunningham. The surrounding cast really stepped up. It's going to benefit them in March. And also, Oklahoma played a really good game, too. This Both games in the Red River Showdown weekend series were four-point games. The first one... Oklahoma State won an overtime 94-90. So Oklahoma still is not going anywhere. That's just a really competitive series. Oklahoma State got the better of them. We're going to keep it in the Big 12 looking last week. Talked about it already. Number 17, Kansas. Hands Baylor their first loss of the year, 71-58 in pretty convincing fashion. That took place a couple days ago back on February 27th. Baylor suffers their first loss of the year. And guys, they just haven't looked the same since they took that huge COVID pause in February. They beat the Texas Longhorns, I believe, 81-69 to on February 2nd. Since then, if you don't count the West Virginia game last night, so since then, pre-tipping off Kansas, they had played one game since February 2nd to Iowa State, the worst team in the Big 12, and they beat them by five. So that COVID pause is clearly not sitting right with the Baylor Bears right now. I still think... Once the Big 12 tournament kicks off and they get into a flow of things, Baylor's going to be back and they're still the Final Four team. Scott Drew is a tremendous coach and he's really got them playing well this year. Well, shout hey. out to Baylor for winning the uh, winning their the Big 12 for the first time in 71 years. I saw. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? The cherry on top too. I think Baylor is back. Sharpie beat yeah. West Virginia, but yeah, that's a big one. A really good West Virginia team too, who I like as a Final Four team as well. Kansas, Bill Self, March, and. Eh. Nope. Bill Self in March, not good. No. This year will prove that once again. Sorry, Bill he's Self. He's the Benjamin Button of Tom Izzo. He is. Yeah. The Benjamin I mean, he, he is. Yes, he is. He works the opposite he way. He goes the other way, yeah. yeah. Really good preseason, really good early oh, yeah. in the year. Big 12 tournament comes Owns around. Owns the Champions Classic. Follow somebody. <laughs> yeah. Woo, yeah. Champions Tournament Classic. <laughs> yeah, right, Champs. Right, right. Yeah. Woo. And then they face a Duke or a Kentucky in the Elite Eight, and what happens? Lose but, by 15. Yeah. So moving on, looking into the future now, uh, Saturday, March 6th, number 7, Ohio State takes on number 4, Illinois. That's a game we talked about. Really uh, not a big game if you're a Spartan fan, but an interesting one. Either way, it's going to build Michigan State's resume because they've beat both of these teams already. Uh, Illinois is coming, obviously, off that big win at Michigan. Ohio State, guys, is trying to snap a three-game losing streak. That sounds bad. Ohio State is still one of the best teams in the country. Obviously, the top 10. This three-game losing streak was the game of the year to Michigan, a trap game on the road at Michigan State, and then at home in a really good battle against Iowa. So really tough schedule OSU has here. Now they got to take on number 4 Illinois, who's hot off of that Michigan win and a win against Nebraska. You know, Ohio State really could use a, a big win here. I think it'll help Michigan State more if Illinois wins, but we'll see what, what happens there. I predict... Illinois takes this one five points. I'll say 75-70, the Illini over the Buckeyes. Um, I haven't given a lot of love to this conference this year, and that's because I don't really trust this conference. I don't like it a whole lot. It's the American Conference. But this is an interesting game that that caught my eye as we are running out of future games to look at. I thought about doing 
Texas Tech, Baylor, but I've given so much love to the Big 12 this year. You guys are sick of hearing it. I'm sick of talking about it. We had back-to-back Big 12 games. Big 12, Brendan. Looking in the last week. Well, you know, I love the Big 12. It's so much fun. It's great basketball to watch. Regardless, uh, Sunday, March 7th, number 9, the Houston Cougars, who have had a really good season. They're 20-3, and 13-3 and three in the American, first in the conference. Shout out Kelvin Sampson. Travel to Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. Memphis has had a good year. They're 15-6, and 11-3 in the conference, 9-1 and one in their last 10, and fighting for a tournament berth. They're a bubble team right now, currently sitting at the next four out stage of the bubble, so they've got a couple steps to go, but a a win over Memphis, which would be a quad, or, or over Houston, would be a quad one win for Memphis. One they haven't had all year. They're zero two in quad one. That would be a big win. I got an upset alert there. I'm taking the Tigers, the American Conference. God, I'll say eighty nine, eighty six, Memphis and Penny Hardaway over Calvin Sampson High and scoring. the Houston Cougars. Yeah, the two games that James Wiseman spent with Memphis were sick. Yes, we're sick because of that. Tigers are winning. They're Go winning. Tigers. They're winning. And and Houston, also, Wichita State, watch out for them. That was a really good game, good series. Houston has lost those games and in, in, in tight matches before. I don't know. Something just feels different about this one. It caught my eye. I like Memphis. Go Tigers. Does that, that wrap it up for us? That ends four-point play approximately 15 days until the March tournament tips off. Stoked. Stoked. We sleep Stoked. in May. We sleep in May. We do. And we are now officially sleepless as it is March. Thank you for listening to the Impact Dizzle for Trent Bailey, Brennan Shabath, Luke Sloan, uh, presented by WDBM Sports. Tell a friend about the podcast. Tune in next week. We'll Tell have more content for you. Actually, not even next week. In between Thursday and Sunday. This is awesome. This is chaotic, and it's beautiful. Spartans take on the Wolverines Thursday. Uh, do we have someone calling the game, Sloan? We will not, we but will not. impact89fm.org slash sports. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Yeah, I just wanted Twitter. to plug somebody. I wanted to plug someone's the Twitter. name. Plug the Twitter. There's going to be a lot of Twitter stuff at in the next WDBM week. WDBM Sports. But there you have it, at WDBM Sports on Twitter for all of your Michigan State sports coverage, not just men's basketball. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.